Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 52-Bit Podcast. Oh, My God, name is Nita, and this is a pot. Okay, well, I can't even get through the intro without you. <laughs> All right, Connor. All right, Connor, you want to do the intro? You want to... <laughs> do you know any of it? No, what happened? I... <laughs> i'm talking no what why what what happened i was just adjusting things on my computer you just you groaned i was okay well i'll try again (laughs) i didn't know such thing you totally well apparently your audio made it seem like you groaned well this is slander this is slander well okay everybody if you don't know what this podcast is at this point i guess i'm concerned but hello connor how are you can you introduce yourself for the audience I, well, I was doing fine before I got absolutely accused <laughs> of crimes that I did not commit in any way. Hey, hey, hey! That's most of this. Podcast. I see. So I see. Okay. We're starting. I see. We're starting out on a high note, as always, blaming me for things that I did not do. Of course, it's uh, pretty normal. Yes, but hi, my name is Connor, and I'm on a podcast. Yeah, you are, uh, Connor. Uh, do you want to say anything else, maybe about yourself, what you do, how we met, anything, really, anything, anything at all? Um, well, me, yeah, we as I mean, as I'm sure you know, uh, we went to college together. Oh, crazy! Yes, I, I, I don't really never would have guessed. Um, we were. You enjoyed a, it? What? Oh, that's sweet. We were uh, a part. We were went to the same school. We were part of the yes. same theater for many, many years. Um, oh, it's so many. Oh, so so many years. <laughs> The years they they dragged on. Yes. Um. Mm, lovely. Hold mm-hmm. on. Let me just. Uh... No, I love it. I love background ambulance noises. It's my oh, we favorite. are. Oh. Yeah. Perfect. I was gonna. I was gonna try and mute to cut that out. But if you're happy. No. No. I'm keeping it. <laughs> it's got to be going on really long if you're making that face. Oh <laughs> man. I hope it's whoever. It's literally is right there. outside my right on my street. <laughs> okay, it's passing. Okay, it's passing. Okay, okay. That, was, that was perfect. I, o- I only actually muted because that was far closer than it normally is. I mean, I I, I, I live fair. in the city. I hear sirens all the time. That was that was that was a little much. That's impressive. Uh, yeah. So, Connor, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Is there anything in particular you want to talk about today? I honestly, I came in here with exactly zero plan. So if you give me a topic, I will pretty much do my best to make do with it as much as I need to. Connor, are you sure about that? Uh, are you sure you want to leave I, it up to me? I was sure. I feel like you know you where I'm going to go. <laughs> I feel I like you know sure. exactly where I'm going to go. Where are you going to go with this, Nina? Connor, of course I'm going to go to Mass Effect. <laughs> okay, look, I'm going to warn you. All right, I have to warn you now. Because I can, on God, just talk about Mass Effect for this entire podcast. And like, just I will just keep going and it will not be able, you will not be able to stop me. Connor, so Connor. that's actually what you want to dedicate an entire episode of this podcast to, to a game that I am obsessed with that you have never played. I have never played. I've watched you guys play parts of it. Well, that's always, I like I like messing with you. So that's honestly what I'm going to keep That wouldn't be messing with things. me. That would just be me going off on one for three hours straight. I'm not sure. I think that would come back to bite you more than it would me if I'm being Fair, honest. fair. I do have to edit this podcast. I'm not you sure if do. I can do three hours, three hours. Oh, okay. I, I say three hours. I talk very fast. I yeah, I could probably cut it down. Get through the entire plots and office and basic history with the game uh, for. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just give me the whole thing. It's only it's only three games, right? Like it can't be that much. I mean, okay, you say that. I could cut it down to a reasonable time easily. I could just give okay. you the bare bones over synopsis if you wanted. Because okay. again, I've played it enough that I could probably do that for context. Uh, I have played these three games. It is a trilogy of games for. I think I've officially approached the point where I can say thousands, plural, hours. Oh, wow. It has been a lot. I 
I first got the games when I was in high school when it was back on the Xbox and found it, got it on a whim, fell in love, immediately bought the second one because it was already out, and then spent my entire senior year just wondering why the third one wasn't out. And then probably skipped two or three classes my freshman year of college just so I could keep playing the games. I could see that. I could see not that. Like, not like courses, but like I spent a day and just said, I got I got back to the dorm after lunch and was like, I'm not going back. I need to play more. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And this was all before three came out, right? Because three came out, I think. Three, no, three came out my freshman year of college. Oh, okay. Okay. It okay, was okay. kind of a big deal for me. So like okay. that was because I pretty much... I discovered that there was a GameStop by campus. I was like, perfect, I can get it. That's true. I managed, I brought my Xbox with me from home, got mm-hmm. it set up, and just pretty much wasted away the hours in my dorm playing what was, to me, the conclusion of a game until uh, at that point put hundreds of hours into. Mm-hmm. So, basic overview. And again, feel free to jump in with any questions because as in oh, all things, as in all things, I am incredibly knowledgeable and of will course. be able to answer Oh, um, everything. Everything. I'm sure clear. I could ask you about artificial intelligence right now. We should just switch right now. Well, I mean, the, the actual uh, exploration of the relationship between humanity and artificial intelligence is a plot point in Mass Effect. So we'll be getting to that. I, uh, of course. <laughs> I, I can't believe you walked into that one. Because, yeah, I hate no. it. <laughs> well, keep going. Let's keep going. I've already, no. I brought this upon myself. So yes, let's just have. keep going. So um, obviously science fiction game. It is set in the future. Mm-hmm. And for a brief backstory into the history of the game same as this consider this the star wars text crawl okay. before the movie begins so in the far off year of 21 um yeah. humanity manages to get far enough in their space that they can go to mars and that's super awesome you know we go to mars then they discover there are alien ruins on mars and it's like hmm little sus uh they discover and they discover technology in those rooms it's like well crap with this technology we can do faster than light travel and from that, things just explode. Space race goes crazy. They get to the edge of our galaxy, our solar system to go out to okay. Pluto. And it's like, cool. I'm going to start. We'll make, we'll make a, a space station at the end of our solar system. And that'll be awesome. Then they look at Pluto and they go, you know, that moon that Pluto has kind of actually looks a lot like a giant space station in a big ball of ice uh-huh. instead of a moon. Uh-huh. And they thaw it out and they rediscover, yeah, it's this gigantic con- alien construct that has been orbiting Pluto this whole time. Uh, and is what is called a mass relay. And they discover that by using it, they can travel outside of our solar system to other mass relays that exist in the galaxy. It's like, it's this whole, it's this whole alien civilization left us behind. We can explore all the rooms and stuff. And then we go off and we discover that we're not the only ones using these mass effect relays. And what do you think happens when humanity discovers aliens for the first time? If the answer was go to war immediately, that's exactly what happens. Okay, I did do a podcast episode about this earlier, and that was one of the options, so I'm here for it. So and here's here's the thing, though. Amazingly, and you could tell this was written, this game was written in the right. late 2000s before everyone right. got really jaded. Uh, it right. wasn't humanity's fault, actually. <gasps> Wild. As we learn, as we learn later on, all intergalactic life that is capable of spaceflight uh, is part of a one big galactic society. Okay. And that is ruled over by the three dominant races in the galaxy, uh, which are the Asari, the Turians, and Solarians. The okay. Turians are the highly militarized ones and basically work as kind of like the peacekeeping force of the whole galaxy. And we ran into them first. So that's right. basically like breaking into someone else's lawn and it's just a house full of cops. Yeah, yeah. It's you're pretty like, much oh. what happened. You're like, can I leave? And they're like, no, we're going to beat you up. Okay. Gotcha, yeah, pretty gotcha. much. Uh, so that starts a pretty much a war that goes on for a couple of years before all the other galactic civilizations are like, all right, what are you guys doing? Who are you chumps? Okay. Fast forward about 20 or so years and humanity is now part of this galactic civilization. 
which if you ask any of the other aliens is like, what the hell? How'd you do that in only 20 years? Because, <laughs> I, because it usually the, should take like thousands, right? Yeah, and like, it's uh, like well established. Couple, at least a couple hundreds. Cause it's like the right. point where we start the game, uh, we learned that humanity is um, pretty much they're predicting it might be the next race to have a actual member of their race on the council, which is like the head leaders of civilization. Oh, wow. And now there's the only of those three races leading all of galactic society. Humanity right. might be next. Everyone's like, we've only known about these guys for 20 years. What's happening there? Yeah. We've been waiting for our seat of the council for hundreds of years. How is this happening? Yeah, that's kind of rude now that I think about it. Honestly, I want to fight humanity right now. Is okay. It? That's all history, backstory, plot stuff. The actual okay. plot, you start by making your character. <laughs> wait, wait. That was all before. That was all before the start of the game. Yes, I told you this was the text crawl. <laughs> that's fair. Oh, my God. That was God. Ba- bare bones context. We've made okay. peace. We're part of galactic society now. That's where we start the game. Gotcha. All uh, right. We, are, we start the game as a member of the human military called the Alliance. Okay. Um, you're a guy named Commander Shepard. Your first name doesn't matter because no one calls you that. You make it whatever you want. Okay. So you make your own character. You choose his backstory. Choose what kind of combat stuff you can do. Yada, yada, yada. And uh, you learn that you're on a ship that is going to uh, just do a test run of a cool new spaceship. That's not why you're there. You're actually there because the planet that you're doing this test run on found some of that ancient technology that all of galactic civilization is based off of. And mm-hmm. it's like, we need to uh, we need to do a pickup of this. And we need to know, no one know that we're doing a pickup of this. Gotcha. So... Uh, we also learned that this mission is pretty much a um, a test run for your character being uh, brought to the member of the Spectres, which stands for Special Tactics and Recons, which is basically like all all Galactic Civilization has their own military, their own government, that kind of thing. The Council pretty much has a group of special agents that are these okay. guys. That is basically like, look, we'll give you all the resources you need and we won't ask questions. Fix that. Fair. fair and fair. we're being looked at to be a member of that. Um and this should be just pretty much a simple mission. Go to the planet, pick up the thing, bring it back. Look how awesome I am. Things go wrong immediately. Okay, gotcha. Uh, we get we get to the planet and it's under freaking attack uh, by robots. We learned that this robot is basically a synthetic race of, of uh, artificial okay. intelligent life. And okay. it's like, um, no one's heard from these guys for like gotcha. 400 years. They've kind of just been chilling in their own like corner of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And now they're attacking civilians for no reason. Seems weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go along, you find out that um, they're attacking civilians not on their orders, but on the orders of a guy named Saren, who's a specter, as in works for the council. Wait, what? Uh, what? And they're it's very clear. Who... Yeah, so it's very clear. This guy has like gone super rogue. Okay. And is like, because this, like, we're doing this pickup for the council. Right. Yeah. And yeah, this yeah. guy the just tried to steal it. Right. Um, we beat him there. We get to this thing, which is called a beacon. And uh, it, activates spontaneously and pretty much implants in your brain a vision of an apocalypse uh that we think is how that alien race died okay and we're wiped out and okay. uh through a whole thing we sort of put together like huh these super big machines that wiped out the previous civilization are called reapers and we think that the Saren guy is trying to bring him back okay and it's like, like the, the guy like- who invaded the planet to try and get that information yeah, to but, get the beacon. But the he's trying to bring back the Reapers, and they're like a civilization that he's they trying are, to bring back. They are or, basically like a, or like a robot. They're like ro- they're robots. Okay, they are okay. synthetic life. They are basically okay, a gotcha. race of super intelligent, super powered robots that wiped out all life fifty thousand years ago. Gotcha. Cool. cool and cool. this guy's trying to bring them back, 
and mm-hmm. he's recruited the this uh, galaxy's uh, robotic life to try and help that because mm-hmm. you know they're big robots. Clearly, the robots would want to be on their side. So Clearly. basically, um, so to make the entire first game's plot over short, you basically track the guy down to three different locations and try and figure uh-huh. out like what is his plan is, what's he trying to do. Uh-huh. Um, you basically you along the way you're recruiting new party members, you're doing side questing, that kind of stuff, trying to learning what the idea and what the plot is. Um, what you realize is that he's looking for something called the catalyst, which we think is what he's going to use to bring the Reapers back. Right. right, right. Uh, when we figure it out, we figured out that the Reapers are just chilling out in dark space, like all of them. They're just there outside, outside the edges of the galaxy, like light years and light years and light years away. They're just out there. And we found out later that basically what they do and the way that they do this apocalypse is they wait for life to evolve to a certain point and then just wipe it out and let new things start fresh. What the reason for this is, we don't know, but they've been doing it every 50,000 years pretty much. And it's about time for them to come back. And so they, what we figured out is basically brainwash this guy, Saren, to help them do that. Okay. Uh, and we're like, all right, well, how is this going to get them back? You remember when I first started those mass relays that basically right. let you fling your like ship yeah, to different parts of the galaxy? That's how, like, we get faster than light travel. That's how we can actually really explore a galaxy, though. Right. Basically, it's like, a, it's basically like warp drives, but instead of warps, it's you're basically slingshotting your ships across. Right. You're just yeeting yourself across the galaxy. Gotcha. Yeah. And other th- so apart from that, light years, you know, still take light years to travel. Mm-hmm. Still take a while. But we found out that if uh, the Reapers can get into the galaxy, they can use those and get themselves everywhere and start wiping things out. Gotcha. And what basically the catalyst is, is an entry point for them. And so we, so we track it down. We find it. We, he barely beats us to it. But then we hunt him down, kill him, and we stop a Reaper invasion. There's okay. basically like one Reaper that was chilling in the galaxy, orchestrating okay. all of this. And he was the one controlling Saren. We kill Saren. We blow up the Reaper. They saved. Everything's good. Gotcha. Now. That's the first game. I said I was going right. to be going through this quick. Now, here's a question for you. Okay. If you, if we had basically a apocalyptic event right. that basically no one really knew about, but they just knew there was a big ship that just tried to invade and blow up society, and right. now everything's gone. Uh-huh. How much, how eager do you think the government would be to say, yeah, this is a real threat we should definitely take care of? I think they would just take a nap. I yeah. think they'd be like, yeah, yeah. nah, not going to do a thing. They yeah, yeah, yeah. wipe it yeah. under the table pretty yeah, much entirely. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think that's pretty much how Mass Effect 2 goes. I think Mass Effect 2 wins. <laughs> that's <laughs> no. the whole thing? It's like no, no, we're no, just no. not going to talk about it. Okay. No, oh, no. Because like, an entire site, uh, we decide, because, you know, we're the hero, we're Commander Chef, we got to take care of things right, that are <laughs> Mass Effect 2 has probably my favorite cold open ever. Okay. Because the game starts with you dying. Oh, love that. That's my favorite. Great. So a minor, minor side quest in the background of one okay. was about this organization called Cerberus. Okay. It was basically of the, of the alliance is like the humanity faction. Right. They're basically right, right. an alliance of black ops group that's gone rogue, horrible experiments, trying to create super soldiers. They're not great guys. Okay. Gotcha. Um, we die due to, at the very beginning of the game, when our ship is blown up by an alien ship we don't recognize from it okay. anywhere. Our body is found and brought back to life by this Cerberus organization. And they are basically like a pro-humanity, humanity first extremist group. Okay. And the head of Cerberus very much believes the Reaper threat is real. Mm-hmm. And it brings you back to help take care of it. Mm-hmm. So you're basically like in an operating room for two years straight while the galaxy is moving on. 
And then you're brought back to figure out where the plot of two is that uh, colony, entire human colonies are disappearing by the dozens. Like hundreds of thousands of humans are just being abducted. No trace, no sign of any struggle, just gone. And okay. we think it's the Reapers. So it's your time to figure it out. Um, basically starts over from scratch. You got to get a whole new team together. You got a whole new stuff. Figure out what's going on and why. Um, the actual kidnappers is a race called the Collectors. Uh, okay. horrible bug-like aliens. They suck. They're horrible. We don't like them. But okay. no one knows anything about them. Like, they pretty much just show up, say, hey, we've got things to trade. We want your stuff. They get it. They leave. No one knows where they come from. Okay. Uh, they All they know is that their ships go uh, through a specific mass relay, and anyone who tries to follow through the relay never comes back. Okay. Um, so basically, we do our research. We try to figure out what's going on. We get confirmation that these collectors are the ones abducting the human colonists, and that mm-hmm. we're pretty damn certain they're working for the Reapers. Um, we basically get the technology needed to follow them to their home world, which is in the galactic core. Now, I don't know how much of you know about our actual galaxy, like real life, real life astronomy type thing. The core, like the center point, like if you looked at the Milky Way and the, like the bright dot in the middle of that, that's called the galactic core. It is basically just constant supernovas and black holes. Love it. Favorite, favorite place. Nothing can exist there. It is just, it's bad stuff. And that's where they live. Okay. So we get the stuff needed to go follow them. We run a siege. We try and take them out. We mm-hmm. learn a couple of very important things along the way. One, okay. uh, that these collectors are what happened to the original race that ran the galaxy 50,000 years ago. The Reapers didn't kill them all. They indoctrinated them and are now using them as their slaves. Which is a bit of, you know, a, a bit, bit of a heavy thing. It's like, yeah. hmm. Gonna have to deal with that for a moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, they're still shooting at us, so we're gonna have to go. And then along the way, uh, as we're getting to the big finale, we're trying to rescue all the colonists, get all the stuff back. We discover that um, basically what they're using humanity for is basically use their like genetic material, like what their DNA what makes them them, to create a new Reaper. And we discover that basically how this machine life works is they basically assimilate the civilization that went there before them to make new ones. So this next week will be based off humanity because a human, Commander Shepard, killed the last one. So they okay. think we're the strongest. We're what they can make a new Reaper out of. We kill the Reaper. It's fine. It's gone. It's not an issue anyway. Okay. Um, we blow up the base or you have the option to let Cerberus keep the base, which, by the way, it's not a good move. Because yeah, the guy we've been working for for Cerberus is like super racist. Yeah. He's what I like to call to as space racist. Okay. Because yeah. it's basically anyone who's not human uh, can go die is how right, he goes. So right. we're like, hmm. Uh, we don't like you. We're going to do our own thing. Right, 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 right. Uh, this game actually had a couple DLCs that came out of the fact that were very plot relevant. The most important one was the Arrival DLC, where basically okay. we get word from our Alliance friends that, okay. hey, one of our scientists has found actual definitive proof of the Reaper invasion coming. Okay. And she just went off the grid. We need you to rescue her. Um, we go, we break her out of basically super space prison mm-hmm. and discover that... Um, even though we stopped the Reapers from basically warping into the middle of our galaxy and starting their uh, invasion, they're still flying here from dark space, like in real time. Okay. And so when com- they and when they get here, they're going to get here at this point using this mass relay. And so their plan is to blow it up. Here's the problem. All the mass relays are put pretty much in centers of civilization. Okay. And if you blow one up, that's going to be a big explosion and it's basically going to be a supernova that wipes out a star system casual with 300,000 colonists on it. Yeah. 
And so we're just, we're sitting there like, and you you basically they got an estimate for when the Reapers arrive, and when you get there, it's like two days away. In See? two days, the Reapers will be here, and the apocalypse begins, or blow up this solar system and buy us some time. So you either kill three hundred people and like 300, save some time, three hundred thousand people, people, and kill some time, or they come immediately in two days, and yeah. then pretty much everyone's just dead at that point. Yeah. Um, there's a minor plot point that I have neglected to just remember in the first game, how Saren was being basically brainwashed by the Reaper. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's just the thing they can do like do, to anyone. Do they do it to us? Uh, no, okay, uh, that's good. a, that's a whole fan theory, but no, canonically. Okay. No, we are never brainwashed. Okay. However, cool. when we get to the base, that's basically going to slam an asteroid into this mass relay. Right, right, right. Um, we discover that the Reaper artifact they found to confirm that is just kind of like lying out there in the open in the middle of their station. And you're like, um, and then you realize that all of them have since been indoctrinated, and the yeah. reason the plan hasn't gone off yet is because the Reapers are stopping them from doing it. Yeah. So they right. knock you out, lock you up for two days, and you basically wake up within with like three hours left to get this thing in motion and stop oh, the Reapers no. from arriving. So you seriously have to kill so people. Like you, you had a chance before. No, there was like no, but you get to the point <sighs> and it's like, so your choice ends up being is um just after you start the process, after you get the thing going, you have time to make one call, and the one call is to either warn the colonists or get your ship to you in time. Oh no! And it doesn't matter which one you pick because the second I tried to warn the colonists, I was cut off by the bad guy trying to stop me. No! So, oh my god! You basically start the uh, end of the game by getting off, getting the asteroid motion, getting it off, and then watching an entire solar system get wiped out. Oh my gosh. And then that's pretty much where the plot of the second game ends is you waiting. It's like, hey, at some point, you're going to have to come back as a former member of our military to face the music that you just wiped out an entire Batarian colony. And you're going to have to answer for that. And that's how two ends. Oh, great. Love that. That's not awful at all. Uh, Three begins with you basically being stripped of rank while you're waiting for this like trial. Uh, And... Basically, you're and while you're sitting there waiting, uh, the Reapers show up six months what? later. What? You bought yourself six months of time. Great, I guess that's better than two days. But it is like, better than two days. That's kind of rude that they'd show up while you're on trial. They could wait. Like that's yeah. that's offensive. Uh, no, but luckily, it's kind of luckily for you because as soon as that happens, everyone's like, "All right, forget this trial. Get to your battle stations. We're you know, yeah, dying. yeah, that's fair." Yeah, and you get, emer- you get emergency reinstated and pretty much told, lead the path, unite the galaxy together, get everyone on the same page, and gotcha. save the universe from the Reapers. Gotcha. Uh, uh, I'm trying to get to the point where the third... Here's the, cause here's the problem with the whole thing I've been doing up to this point. Okay. It's one continuous plot across all the games. Yeah. So everything that's been happening in the background all comes to a head. So in order for me to tell you anything that happens in game three, I'm going to have to backtrack. <laughs> Right, because don't you also, for this game, like, I think one of the big things was you had to load in your save data from, like, the last game, yes, right? Because everything matters. Game game. So yeah. all your choices carry over, all the people you met, all the stuff you did, that all carries over. Gosh. And it was one of the reasons why I love the game so much, because that, like, you know, have, playing a game, choosing specific things that were different from the things my friend did, and then being right. able to pick up where that left off with my choices, that right. was really cool to me. That's fair. Okay. So let's rewind I... some more history. Okay. So and I sorry. I, I wish I didn't have to do this, but I do have to. No, I'm here. I, I did this to us, so like you gotta <laughs> you keep did. going. You did. So a couple different alien races that we're gonna have to 
no, very importantly, coming up are the Turians, the Krogans, and the Salarians. Okay. Turians are those super militaristic guys. The Salarians are like these super scientific, little like amphibious based life forms kind of guys. Right. The Krogan are the giant bruisers that are basically an entire race of barbarians. Right. Millions and millions and millions, of, well, sorry, thousands of years ago, um, okay. before humanity shows up, there was a race called the Rachni, which is basically this sort of bugs based uh, okay. uh, life. They kind of just did their own thing for a while. And then all of a sudden, they just started invading the whole galaxy. Casual, yeah. Like, and do. because, you know, they're bug based, there were a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, so there's it was, the, it was basically a huge war. It was going very badly. Um, the Salarians discover a race that had not achieved spaceflight yet um, okay. called the Krogan. Very, very strong, tough, warlike. Their entire biology was based on like organ redundancy. They have four hearts just in case one of them gives out. Oh my God. <laughs> like these guys, these guys are big, beefy bruisers. Right, and they, yeah. they know their way around weapons. Okay. So they basically like uplifted this entire race to help fight this menace off. And it worked, and they did it, and they helped them awesome. Here's the problem. When they were uplifted, the Krogans were kind of in the middle of a nuclear war. Gotcha. 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 So they hadn't exactly worked out, like, their basic, like, super aggression towards everything yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, after the Rakti were done, the Krogan rebelled. Here's the problem. They uplifted the Krogan because they were literally too tough to, like, stop. And that's yeah. how they did the Rakti. So now this enemy was too tough to stop. Um... What they did was deploy a bioweapon against them called the Genophage, which is basically a virus that uh, made the viable birth rate for the Krogan race only one in 1,000. So they were basically killing them off to keep them from having large numbers. There's there's a bit of a backstory to that. The uh, okay. yeah, long story short is yes, um, that was okay. the intent. The actual scientists who did this and developed the, the uh, Genophage realized that in order to keep their population at a stable normal rate, that one in 1000 is the exact number needed because their actual rate of birth was so high. Okay. Like they could just, they're like, when they had kids, like four or five kids at a time is common for the entire race. Gotcha. 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 Um, So, but at the same time, like that destroyed them from a cultural standpoint. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and they pretty much like, they only were allowed to live on a culture on their one planet, which was already ruined by themselves Mm -hmm. by that time. So, Mm -hmm. It's a long way of saying the Krogans don't like the Turians and Solarians very much. That makes sense. Yeah, I can see why. Yep. Yeah. Um, so one of the first things to try and unite the galaxy in three is the Turians are basically getting hit hard, like okay. real bad because they are the okay. best fleet in the galaxy and the Reefers right. knew that. And so they're like, let's cripple these guys first. Okay. And while we're trying to get ships for Earth from the Turians, the Turians like, we can't spare any. How about mm-hmm. this? If you can get Krogan boots on our home planet, we'll get you your ships. So you're like, okay. oh, I have to get the Krogan to work with the Turians. Which is a whole lot of way. If you've been doing things the correct way in the games, which is the way I play. Right. Not that of I course. play correctly. The way I play is correct. Of course. Important right. distinction. As, um, as you do. The, the current leader of the Krogan clans mm-hmm. is your Krogan squadmate from one, who you're okay. very good friends with and likes you a lot. Okay. That's how things should be. And that's the way I play it. So that's what's happening. Okay. So basically, you invite him on. He's an old friend. You might be able to get something to work out. Okay. He basically says... All right, here's the deal. You want us to help in this war. I want the genophage cured. Okay. Or you have to go do that. Basically, you have to cure the genophage. Okay. You, you, which the finding of the way to do that is easy. Um, okay. Because for a whole this time, Krogan have been basically giving themselves up trying for experiments to try and find ways to do that. Right. One of these experiments succeeded at the cost of the Krogan woman's like uh, immune system. Okay. So she's very weak. All the test subjects were very bright. She's the last one alive. 
we can okay. rescue her and we basically get one of the Solarian scientists who worked on the plague originally to help reverse engineer a cure. Okay. However, at the same time we're trying to do that, Reapers land on the Krogan planet. Love that. Okay. <laughs> so okay. We, we basically are like, okay, we found it. We got a cure. We found a way to distribute the cure. We just got to get past the Reaper in order to do it. So and what is one of the best seeds of the game? The Krogan like to say that their home planet, Tuchanka, was designed for them because only the Krogan could survive it. And that's kind of true. Yeah, um, okay. There is a monster on Tuchanka called a Thresher Maw, which is a giant... <laughs> it's a giant worm thing that's awful and sucks and is terrible. And they've killed me plenty of times and I hate them. Um, so they... <laughs> On top of trying to get past Reapers, you have to get oh, no, past no, no. a big you worm thing. No, you don't know where I'm going with this. So, no, I hate um, there's, <laughs> there is, basically, uh, the, at the point where the like facility is where we can like just drop the cure to distribute it via air to everyone on the planet. Okay, gotcha. Uh, is near that is the living grounds of a Thresher Maw called Kalros, which they call the mother of all Thresher Maws. And I love it because one of my party members says, when they when the Krogan name a monster, you know it's trouble because they don't think anyone's ever going to kill it. <laughs> so, in order to combat this giant robotic reaper that is currently in our way, we summon the Thresher Mod to take it out. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so we summon this giant orb monster to destroy this giant robot thing, and it's the coolest thing ever. And you and just watch it go down as you're, like, running. Pretty much. Okay, awesome. A note is that, um, well, before all this happens, we get a call from the Solarians, the government, who's like, hey, uh, we don't think this cure is a good idea. How about this? If you sabotage the cure, we'll give you all of our fleets instead. All of them. You have it all. I have never done that. But it is a thing that gets brought up before. Okay. So you can sabotage this cure and screw over the entire Krogan race. Your friend doesn't like it if you do that. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, that just that does not sound fun. He that does. He like... does. He does try to gun you down to the Citadel next time you go, like the main home base. Yeah, uh, it's that not makes great. sense. I, I would uh, do that I, too, honestly. honestly. But I don't do that. Uh, I save it, and so the Solarian scientist, who is also a friend of ours from the previous game, mm -hmm. he's one of our squad members, um, realizes that the damage done to the facility is so much that you, you need to manually override to adjust for the fire that's going on. So he's like, "I got to go up there and do it." And so the Solarian scientist gives his life to make sure the genophage cure goes off. Gotcha. Unless you sabotage it, in which case he dies thinking he did and it didn't happen. Ooh. And yeah, I think it's, it's a real bad moment <laughs> if you do that. It's a real it's a real bad move. I think I've watched David play that part also. I think is that is that more That's than... a very sad. Yeah, it's a very yeah. I'm pretty sure we've shown that scene in the in the green room. It's a yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. very, very emotional, very sad scene. It's like oof. Yeah. Oh, and I, I guess we did. <laughs> I think that was one of the things that actually made me start asking questions about Mass Effect because I was like very attached to this character as you guys yeah. were going along because he's so nice Morden, and just Morden's so sweet. great. Morden's yeah. great, and then he, and then he just and like so. dies, and you're like, oh. What? No, Morden. Morden's great. Uh, one of the memes from Morden is that, um, in addition to being a brilliant scientist and just general <laughs> crazy guy, um, he also uh, did musicals for a while, and so he does an adapted <laughs> Gilbert and Sullivan song. <laughs> Are you Major General. No, you can look it up. It's an amazing scene. It's he does so a, it is a lyric swap version of Modern Major General, and it's the funniest thing. Except while he's doing his walk to clear the Jetta page, if you had seen that scene in the previous game, he's humming it to himself. Oh. And you're just like, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> mm. 
Oh, we love Morden. Anyway, okay, very good. Okay, game. okay, 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 okay. So, so he's that's dead. The first, yeah, so he's cool. dead. Jet of H cured. We got the Krogans working with the Turians. Turians okay. are going to help us take back Earth when we can. We still need more ships. And there's a race called the Quarians, uh, okay. who have the largest fleet in the galaxy, because they were kicked off the homeworld. Remember in one, those robotic guys who were attacking yeah, yeah, yeah. that place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're called the Geth. Okay. And they were a race of synthetics created by the Quarians. Mm-hmm. Um, AI research has basically been illegal in the galaxy for forever. Uh, gotcha. So they didn't start off making artificial intelligence. They just made robots. Like just right, right, dumb right. robots move, move box over there. Right. Eventually they started making it like just smarter computers. Like, hey, uh, a robot that can answer questions as to where things are goes on. Yada, yada, yada. Then the robots start asking, hey, do I have a soul? And the Koreans realized, oh, oh no. We messed oh, up. Oh, we we accidentally made AI. Oh, we made an we made a sentient race of machines, and we've been using them as slave labor this whole time. Mm. Mm, this is a problem. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, bad. We end up learning that uh, basically they decided, okay, we got to shut down them all. We got to shut them all down. Okay, and there were okay. factions that were uh, like against that. They're like, no, okay. we we made these guys. We can't just shut them all off. We're killing them all. Um, right. Military force got involved. Some of the Quarians who were defending the Geth uh, obviously got shot and died. And then as a response to that, some of the Geth pick up weapons and fire back. Okay. okay. And the war breaks out. Right. The Quarians lose pretty handily and are kicked off of their planet and all of their colonies by the Geth. Wild. So they exist in a fleet called the Migrant Fleet that's just full of like space station style ships. They just roam around the galaxy at this point. Cool. So they're nomads. They're, got it. Yeah, they're nomads. Uh, they're not... and. Uh, I love the Quarians, I really do, but they uh, okay. really get the short end of the stick there. Um, gotcha, gotcha. But we learned, like, hey, Quarians, they got so many ships, so many ships, and we need ships. Ask them if they'll help. And we go to the Quarians, and we learn that the Quarians have just declared war on the Geth and are trying to retake their homeworld. Okay. <sighs> Which has been talked about for two games straight. Right. But we're all kind of like, okay, Reapers are here, we're not worrying about it. They're very clearly worrying about it. Right. It's very much just that moment of, like now, <laughs> why now? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so in order to deal with, in order to get them on our side, we need to deal with this war. In okay. the previous game, at the very end of the game, uh, we just we run across a single geth, like a single sentient geth, and the way the geth work is that shouldn't be a thing. Like the geth have a networked intelligence. Like the more of them there are together, they link up and become smarter. Okay. A single yep. geth by itself is kind of dumb and not even capable of like translated speech apart from sending its own signal to its people. Right. And this one is and could talk to us and knew who we were. We basically learned that this geth was created as like an emissary, sort of. Okay. To reach out to our character because our character fought the Reapers and lived, and a lot of geth don't want to work for the Reapers. Right. So basically, they just put in a couple thousand geth programs into a single unit's body so it could act independently. Gotcha. And that's our friend Legion. We like Legion. Okay. We lost gotcha. track of Legion a little while ago. I'm sure that won't come up in a couple seconds. Of course, not at all. Nope. So the Quarians were winning the war. They were doing fine. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Reapers reached out to the Geth. is like, hey, you want some help? <laughs> Reapers massively upgrade the Geth's processing power and intelligence, and they start turning the tide pretty heavily. We invade a Dreadnought that's, sig- that's like boosting these signals. Invade okay. it, disable it, look at the core. Our good friend Legion has been captured and used as basically like an amplifying point. No. So we break him out. He's good. No, we like we break him out. We stop okay, the whole thing. Okay, okay, good. Comes with us. We're all good to go. Okay. Um, 
introducing him to the Corian admirals was fun because uh, they don't know why we have a guest on our ship. Fair, fair point. Uh, or why it can talk. Um, and basically, it's like, okay, here's the planet. Here's the core, uh, basic kind of stuff we got to go. Here's mm-hmm. how we can change things. Mm-hmm. Uh, two important missions. One in which we got to go rescue the admiral of the civilian fleets who didn't mm-hmm. even want this war to begin with. Mm-hmm. And we have to choose between rescuing him or him saying, ignore that, go save my men. They're civilians. They can't defend themselves. Right. Unfortunately, the correct choice is saving the Admiral because we need him to hold the fleet together and stop them from just bailing and and just leaving and never yeah. coming back. Yeah. Uh, so that's that was a hard choice. wasn't wasn't fun. The guy didn't like that he lost all of his uh, all his men. Um, yeah. The other mission is to um, disable some guest squadrons, which we do by linking our brain into the guest consensus and going to a digital world. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It was, it's a, no. That mission's awesome. Um, okay. As part of that, we basically free a bunch of the Geth from Reaper control, and gotcha. they turn to our side. And basically cool. learn like the actual history that I just told you about the war between the Geth and the Quarians, what actually happened, as opposed to just what the Quarians have been saying happened. Right, right, right. Obviously, the entire thing was Geth self-defense. And after the Quarians left, the Geth didn't pursue them. Mm-hmm. Like, the Quarians left, they're just like, oh, I guess... I guess we're just here now. I guess we're I just guess. here now. It's pretty much what happened. Yeah, yeah. So then... We invade the base where the where the Reaper signals be uh, on the planet being sent out again. Mm-hmm. Try and stop. Try and end the war. We discover there is an actual Reaper that has been landed on the planet and is signaling this stuff. So mm-hmm. we got to take him out. It the coolest fight ever. Basically, in order to take out the base, they gave us was basically a giant laser pointer that is synced up to like our like frigates, ships, guns. Amazing. We pointed a thing. We get an orbital strike from our ship. It's cool. Uh, when the Reaper shows up, our guy says, "Hey, link this uh, laser pointer to the entire fleet." And then we do a pinpoint strike with the entire fleet's guns onto the Reaper. Amazing. And it's, and it's so good. Oh, uh, it's super satisfying. And then we have a choice. Um, because we get there, the Reaper code's not going to go out. Mm-hmm. Legion kept a fragment of the code. And he says he can adapt it. That will basically broadcast everyone. The Geth won't be a Reaper control, but each individual Geth will have enough intelligence to be its own person and its own unit instead of the shared consensus they have. Gotcha. Which the Corian says, um, we're in the middle of war with them. That's the same thing as giving them the Reaper code. And we're going to die if you do that. So you have to choose between uh, basically killing Legion to stop him from uploading a code to his people. Okay. Or telling him to do it and watching the Corian fleet die. Or if you're a god like I am, you tell <laughs> you tell Legion to upload the code, play. and then you basically contact the Corian fleet and tell them to stand down. Yeah, and if you I... and if you if you did enough stuff, you had to do a lot of things. You had to um, do several things in the previous game. Okay. Um, you had to basically your Corian squad member that was with you. You had mm-hmm. to in her loyalty quest. She was on trial to be exiled. You had to not let her get exiled okay. and keep her loyalty, which made her be promoted to admiral. So okay. she lends her weight to the things you're saying. Okay. Save the admiral who crash landed instead of his crew, so that he does as well. Right. And uh, do a couple things that across missions to make the Geth less strong generally. Okay. And basically, you say, "Hey, they're about to full power, and they Geth do not want to fight you. If you can believe that for a single second, stop fighting. This war is over. And if you do right. it right, they do, and you get both the Quarian fleet and the Geth fleet on your side. Okay, that and amazing. the Geth and the Geth help the Quarians resettle their own planet." Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, because it so really nice. seemed like they were like, yo, we just we just don't want to, we don't want no, you yeah. to be in charge of us. Like, we don't really care. Like, we yeah, just want to be around. It obviously yeah. needs some help. They'll be obviously need to help getting that together in the future. But as of now, right, right, right. 
the Koreans have a place they can store, they can like their own home world. They can bring their civilians back to, mm-hmm. they can get us our ships. And we got a whole bunch of guest people as well. It's great. Right. Amazing. So Cerberus. Oh God. <laughs> Those guys from two, the, the right, pro-human right, right, right. fanatics. Right, right, right. Um, they, of course, this entire process have been in the way and causing problems. Gotcha. They've been, like, they've been fighting us. They were trying to stop us from making the Genophage gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that would have made other races stronger than humanity. They didn't want that. Right, right, right. Uh, we learn pretty pretty early on that, um, hmm, I think, uh, I think the Cerberus guys might be being indoctrinated. It kind of looks like they're all being indoctrinated. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we get some real confirmation of that. Uh, basically, we've been hearing about a... Um, Oh, is it called Horizon? I don't think it's called Horizon. Sanctuary. It's called Sanctuary. Okay. Basically, okay. it's like, which is a, like a re- giant refugee facility. Okay. Uh, like huge. So basically like, hey, if you're trying to find a safe place to be from the Reapers, here's a place to be. Right. We find out it's being run by Cerberus. What? But. Yeah. So you can see, uh, we go there and obviously, obviously they're performing tests on the refugees. Yeah. No. Oh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and also, you might be wondering uh, how the Reapers, these giant, like, robotic, spaceship-sized right. monsters, how are they fighting us on, like, a war front? Um, what they do is they indoctrinate our people, mutate them, and then send them to war against us as, our, as their own uh, foot soldiers. Oh, that's so really we've been, smart. I'm yeah, we, so every every planet they take, they get a bunch of new troops they can send at us to help take other planets. That makes a lot of sense. The Reapers are a real, really rough uh, enemy to fight. Yeah. Um, and basically, they kind of indoctrinated Cerberus into making this uh, refugee camp into a place to create more um, Reaper more. troops. Love that. But <sighs> the reason that they've been doing it is because the um, the Cerberus guys, like the head guy, he mm-hmm. thinks in his insane indoctrinated way, he's like, we can find a way to control the Reapers instead. They're just machines. And look how much power they have. If we controlled them and got them on our side... Think of how much humanity would dominate. And everyone's like, you're insane. You're yeah. actually crazy. That's not how that works. That's, uh, when something's bigger than you, stronger than you, faster than you, it's yeah. obviously not going to, yeah. Also, also okay. I, I missed an entire plot point that is very relevant that I should have brought up. Uh, at the beginning of the game, uh, sorry, right when we were sending off to like, get okay. United the Galaxy and stuff, uh, we were yes. sent to Mars because one of our old squad mates think they found something that might be a weapon against the Reapers. Okay. The, the archives on Mars where we found all that Prothean de- data from right, right, 50,000 right. years ago. Right, and right, we found right. basically what we found is the blueprints for a weapon that the Protheans tried to build to stop their own Reaper invasion, but they didn't complete it in time. Okay. So basically, that's what we're trying to build in the background. So oh, so that's been I'm going tra- on this whole time. This whole time. So every time I've been getting like more troops and stuff, I've also been getting supplies, materials, and people to help build this thing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And that's part of the reason why Cerberus thinks they can control the Reapers because they think they can use our machine to do it, where we just want to use our machine to blow them all up. Right. Yeah. Like they should die. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty gotcha. much. Um. Okay, sorry. I just did Quarians. I just did Sanctuary. Yeah. Um, r- oh, right before Sanctuary, I didn't miss okay. a very important word. Um, we get word that the Asari homeworld is under attack. The okay. Asari are a pretty much very important council race who have been pretty much off the sidelines just blowing up their own defenses. Gotcha. And they're like, hey, we've got some, we think we know what the key to finishing this blueprint is. Mm-hmm. We've got it on our, our homeworld. It's there to go pick up. They're under like full, full on Reaper invasion. Like where Earth was, where we had to bug out. Like, constant everything's out of hell everything's in ruins everyone's dying right right. so we go we fight through the most like war-torn streets of this uh main city trying to get to this uh place where we think the information is and we arrive at a temple like a religious temple and it's like 
interesting. Not where I thought this info would be. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, and we see that some of the relics from the temple are um, appear to be like Prothean. Okay. And uh, harboring Prothean relics and information is like a massive crime. In gotcha. Black gotcha. Because gotcha. it's it yeah. should be shared with everyone. I find out that no, the Asari has just been hoarding tons of it for thousands of years, and that's why they have the information. And it's also why they've been at the forefront of galactic civilization for all this time. Yeah. Because they've they've, had, they've had the edge from day one. Yeah, they had the cheat codes, basically. We get there. And right before we can get the... Uh, it was basically a Prothean AI that okay. can tell us that information. It gets swiped by Cerberus. What? And we, we basically track Cerberus to Sanctuary. Okay. Which is how we found out about that whole thing. Gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. And from then, it's like, okay, we put another tracker on the guy because he's bad at getting track. Right. Um, and we now know where the Cerberus base is. Gotcha. Uh, so they have the Prothean AI we need. And that's the last thing we need to complete this machine. So all out, we divert all of our troops for a siege on this base. We break uh-huh. in. We get it. We don't manage to kill the main guy of Cerberus because he's left for some reason we don't know yet. But we get Perfect. the AI back. Okay. And it's like, okay. Um, and so he tells us, all right, what's the, uh, what's the last piece? What's the last piece we need for this? And, it's, and it's, uh, he says, in your time, you call it the Citadel. The Citadel is the giant space station where our government lives. Yeah. What? The big thing. That the, thing but... is basically was designed to be, because it that or before it was a space station, it was a giant mass relay. Okay. And so that power is what's used to put and divert the energy needed that the device we've been making does to basically hit the whole galaxy once and wipe out all the Reapers. That's how oh, it's wow. distributed. Gotcha. The Reapers figured it out because Cerberus got the AI and they've been indoctrinating Cerberus. So gotcha. they captured the Citadel, moved it to Earth, where they've basically been like, uh, like they've got all the Reapers oh. are now waiting on Earth. So we get our entire fleet for one last offensive against the Reapers while we try and get to Earth, clear a path to the Citadel, get up there and fire the fire the beam. Okay. That mission takes so long. Yeah, it sounds like it would. It's because it is literally like I said that the streets of Thessia, the Asari homeworld were war torn. This is like everyone's dead. Yeah. Just everyone is dead. Oh my it's gosh. like just black clouds are in the air. You can't even see the sun anymore. Basically, uh, it takes place in London, I think, is the city they chose for like the final. Like, okay. So okay. you break through, Jeez. you manage to get there, manage to get past all the Reapers that are there. And there's like, all right, one last rush to get someone into like the warp point that will get you onto the Citadel. Okay. Uh, it goes poorly. Because right. uh, basically, basically, the Reaper that's been like taunting us this whole time, basically, is like, all right, going in on myself, lands and just starts lasering all of us trying to get to this point. Casual. Yep. Our I character gets it. lasered and like brutally wounded, but we managed to okay. stagger in there and get there in time. Okay. Where basically, we have a face off with the super indoctrinated leader of. Um, of course. There of is. Cerberus. Yeah. Um, Why else would he be left alive? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. because he basically, he's, he was, he's their pawn from day one. Right. Um, and so basically, it's like, you get your way past him, you're dying. The one guy came up with you dies from the combat, from the encounter with the main guy. Right, and right. And you're like, all right, what do I do? They, you you signal that you're there, and they manage to get the device in place, and then nothing happens. And it's what? like, okay, what? And then you're brought up to the basically the control panel, and basically it's left undecided if it's a Prothean or a Reaper, like, or intelligence that is there. It's like, you know what? Fair enough. And it basically gives you the whole story of this was their like programmed thing is when uh, 
organic life gets too advanced to the point where they go do nothing but conflict. We cull them, start them over, and then keep watch again. And he says, the fact that you've managed to get here and you managed to actually stop us proves that this isn't working anymore. So we will give you the options of how you go from here. This is how the device gets used. And it gives you the option to destroy them, which is what we're doing here to begin with. Right. The device, Cerberus was right. The device can be used to control them, but you will okay. sacrifice your existence to do so. And you will basically take over all the Reapers yourself. Okay. There's a third ending that doesn't matter because I think the ending's boring. Okay. Where if you, do, if you do enough stuff, it's basically like you can choose to get a like, basically force world peace onto the galaxy by just a complete meshing of organic and synthetic life so the point where there's yeah. no conflict anymore and it's like right that's, that's what i'm ending yeah you don't need reapers technically but that's exactly like, exactly yeah. so nothing happens anymore uh so you have the choice basically to end the game as do you destroy the reapers forever or do you control them because you it says you can and basically right. you will just leave and you'll send the reapers off and then it'll just be life to rebuild and it says in the post game, you choose that one. You, you as the Reapers do help rebuild, but once everything's settled, you basically just like leave until you're needed again. You basically become God. It literally, you just ascend to become God. So you, okay. So which you, one? You, you, your player. Okay. I am a greedy. Oh, okay. Because, <laughs> because the destruction ending okay. is the only one that it gives even a hint of your main character surviving. Right. So you chose the destruction. I chose to, I chose to destroy the Reapers. Yeah. Okay. I will. Okay. So for a second, when you said you were really greedy, I was like, Connor. Here's Connor, the there's no reason you want to be in charge of the Reapers. Here's the problem with that: is that the destruction ending targets all synthetic life. Wait. So they still includes, get their way. That includes synthetic life. That includes okay. the Geth. So in order to wipe out the Reapers, you have to wipe out the Geth. And any AI that exists, including the AI party companion we've had with us this whole time in game. No, Legion. Yeah. No, but now I'm really attached to him. Exactly. So that's the problem. It's either you kill Legion or you become part of Legion and also their boss. I don't like I don't. uh, I guess that one makes sense, though. Uh. Because then you don't go through this cycle. Because, like, I, I guess what you're saying is, like, if you technically, like, are in charge of the Reapers, they'll, like, set it back to normal, which I assume you mean is, like, what they no, would well, do like, anyway. Well, they just, like, would set back to normal, I mean, help with the repair from the Galactic War that just happened. Oh, so they That's wouldn't, like, they, mean. they wouldn't, no, it's like, not, it's not fully murder Reapers. everyone again. Yeah. It's not, okay. like, basically, it's you're in charge of the Reapers, they help okay. rebuild, and now you're in control of them. Your intelligence dictates what the Reapers do. Okay, okay. But you're super dead. You're like, but well, you're I guess very you're... dead. There, well, there, there's no more you anymore. Yeah, you no are now a vague construct that is now controlling the Reapers. Yeah, that one sounds awful. Okay, yeah, but great. also Legion dying. Okay, well, I Legion understand. dying isn't great. Yeah, but that one does make sense. Okay, so is, is there like a post credits after this, or do they leave you? Uh, there is a post credit. So it's pretty much it shows a like shows everyone rebuilding and you're like squad warning you for your death it's just a nice little touch where if you choose the destruction ending they don't mm-hmm. actually put your name on the memorial plaque they just hold on to it because at the very end they show a cut where it shows your armor like lying among the rubble and then just like a it shows you like taking in a breath it's like oh you're still alive ah! Yay! Okay. Okay. okay which is, which is cool. cool um the ending was pretty poorly done though that they okay. had to redo it at the end for free dlc <laughs> they were they added actually more footage showing actual things that happened um it was a whole Fair. thing. Fair. I, yeah, no, but that's that's the general story from beginning to end. That's the whole thing. Wow. Okay. Okay. 
I cut also I cut so much. I'm sure you did. So I'm actually going to ask you a question. Is there something you didn't tell me that's actually one of your favorite moments, or is one of your favorite moments? Most of them, yeah. See, like I like I. Here's the thing. I like the story. The story is good. I enjoy it. Right. The best part about it is the fact that it's the moment of gameplay is like building your crew and getting to work with your squad again. And the squad is the best part of those games. Right. So I didn't bring up a ton of characters that are my favorite parts of the games to be perfectly honest okay. with you. Okay. Uh, name your tape. Ta- what's your top five characters? Top five favorite. Oh, characters. Ooh, top five. Uh, top two are easy. It's a uh, Garrus Vakarian. Who's a um, former, he's a, he's a Turian and okay. he's a former C-Sec officer. C-Sec is Citadel security. They're basically like okay. the main police force of, you know, the Citadel. Gotcha. Where the government is, gotcha. he's like, uh, I'm not doing anything worthwhile here. I'm going to join your crew. Okay. Uh, he's awesome, and his arc is great. Amazing. Um, the second favorite is definitely Tally, who's the Corian who joins you at the very beginning of one. Okay. Uh, who's basically just like a, like a twenty, like early twenty something on her like cultural like journey off to explore the galaxy, find something of worth, and bring it back to her people. Okay. And she's like, okay. I, and she helps you discover the plot against Sarah. It's like, if I don't stay here to stop this, what does that say about my choices in this trip? And um, she goes back and she's awesome. And she's my favorite character. One of my favorite characters of all time. That's fair. Um, that's, fair. that's fair. She sounds awesome. There's a squad mate that joined you in only the third game named okay. James, who is just a total bro. <laughs> okay. I love this guy. Like he is, he is peak himbo. He okay. Is peak dumb, strong, big guy, but he's just love the it. funniest, funniest guy ever. Okay. Uh, and it's it's kind of clear that they wrote him into three as mm-hmm. the like guy whose things are explained to in case you just joined it in three. Right, right, right. But I like yeah. him and the delivery of his character so much that I didn't mind it at all. That's fair. That's He's great. He calls you loco the whole time because yeah, you're insane. Amazing. I love, I love, love this it. guy. Um, love it. All right, four. Who's four? Four. I know it's getting harder. Yeah, God, it's because the whole yeah. cruiser. Oh, four has got to be Morden. You, okay. uh, the Morden, the the Solarian scientist who dies at the yeah. end of uh, he's just, yeah. just you. He's just characterized just, so well as just being this like mad scientist guy. Love it. He's like he love never speaks. He speaks at like lightning speed, never in full sentences. But like you get the point across. But he's just like so hyper and so super intelligent, and just interacting with him is just a joy in every every possible scene. Um, right. Five. Last five. one. Top five. Top five. Uh, it's got. Um, I don't want to do a tie. That sounds like a cop out. I mean, you Con- can. What does it matter, Connor? This podcast has no rules. This podcast has no rules. Um, so we're gonna do a tie. Uh, Ty's gonna be okay. definitely Legion on there. Okay. Just because okay. Robot Friend is best friend, and you cannot hate Robot Friend, and also just is every time he interacts with anyone, it's just like, oh right, you're uh, you're a robot. That's of course how this was gonna go. Of course, of course. Like you ask it, like because he he shows up with a piece of his like sh- like um body like replaced with a piece of your old armor that he found in the field, and it's like <laughs> and it's like because he was tracking you down, so he discovered right. the like so he's like, why did you use my armor to repair that? And he just goes, there there was a hole. That's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, but why why right. did you use that armor specifically? And it's just to pause. He goes, data not found. <laughs> and it's just, he doesn't have an answer That's and it's just so it's just so cool to see like the like intelligence coming through from the robot characters like oh right. i oh, see how this cute. i see how the stuff you don't know how to process is coming through uh, so second is rex who's the krogan leader that you um gotcha. that if he survives one it becomes leader of the krogans because his change of character from three to from one to three is the best 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's just this gruff, like brooding, like brood of a guy in one that you can sort of like grizzled old guy you kind of get along with. And he just like goes from grizzled old man to just done with everything old man by the other two games. I love and some it, of the favorite. best lines. In one of the DLCs where he just shows up and you actually get to have him in your party in three, which is amazing. He just shows up and goes, um, so, so Shepard, you got a plan to get out of this? Rex, please, I'm a professional. That wasn't a yes. It wasn't a no. <laughs> it's that's just amazing. Like, oh, I love this guy. That's amazing. I love yeah. it. Oh my gosh. Oh my oh gosh. My so yeah, no, the best part of the game for me, apart from mm-hmm. obviously the game is just the character moments. It is a game. It is a series that is carried by his characters and I love them all to death. That's fair. I feel like every time I would ask you guys questions in the green room, it, it it always devolved into like 15 minutes about talking about your favorite like scenes from each character, especially because like. Yeah, pretty much. Because yeah. those are the stuff like those are the stuff that stick with you, to be honest. Yeah. Like I as much as I literally just ran through the entire plot of Mass Effect you in did. like, I don't know, an hour. Um, less than. Less than an hour. Yeah. Less than I, I, I know the character arcs way better than I know the overall plot. That's true. And like I had, you do have times I had like, ah, I forgot something. I got to go back. I know each character's story from game one to game three, like the back of my hand, because those are the parts that connected with you the most. Obviously, like that's, that's right. you. Like, yeah, saving the galaxy is one thing, but you're, these guys are your crew. The stuff right. you're doing for them, they're your friends. That's the stuff that's going to stay with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it also is like heart, like heartwarming when they're with you, but also heart wrenching when they die, because especially like oh, someone- there is so in two, there's a mechanic on because the last mission of it is called a suicide mission because no one's expecting to get come out alive. Right. If you do everything flawlessly, your whole crew survives and comes back. Oh, wow. But it is very easy if you don't know what you're doing to lose people and oh, you'll geez. lose people and they just won't be in the next game. That's, if they're if if Morden dies, he's just replaced by a random uh, Solarian. Are you serious? Yeah. If but there's a so- point, yeah, no. If there's a point in one where you have to, might have to actually kill Rex if you don't manage to talk him down, and his brother, who's way more warlike and hates other people more, ends up in charge and is way worse with the Krogan. Yeah, he sounds awful. I already. And they come. They account for that. They account for That's- if you never meet any of the core squad members in game one. Oh wow. Which is mind-boggling to me. But no, if you never uh, recruit Garrus or Liara in one mm-hmm. uh, or two, you can meet Garrus the first time in three and it's just wild. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm also sure offends a- me that you wouldn't pick up <laughs> that you wouldn't pick up Garrus immediately and spend every waking moment with him because he's the that's best. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I, you, you, that's fair. Awesome. So um, you tell I get way more heated about the characters in the story. I yeah a little bit now I see why this could devolve into like five hours of yeah, just mass got, like that that's why I needed to keep it like yeah the I gave you basically the bare bones just plot and main I quest know. run of the stories if we like there are it's an RPG there's plenty of side quests and side stuff you can go off and do but uh, again Amazing. not relevant to the story are you are you I saying if I were to continue this podcast would you come back and talk about all of the other things for another hour oh or? my god if, <laughs> I don't know if you want that but the answer is I could. That's it fair. is a possible thing. Whether that's something you want to inflict upon this podcast, I'm not sure. I'd like to think I have more range than just the guy who talks about Mass Effect. I don't I'd know. like to hope Connor, that I'm that's very, a possibility. I'm very here for just turning my podcast at the beginning of 2022 into Connor Talks About Mass Effect oh, for God, a year no. straight. No. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, don't get me wrong. Again. Don't doubt for a second that I couldn't do I, it. I, I know but it would be hell for both of us. I know, I know. We would be here for a long time. <laughs> I think at that point I would have to play the games. Like I, you I don't think I mean, I... Yeah, you know. Yeah. They did just remaster them. I mean, yeah, but if you recall, I'm very bad at you games. Are very so, bad at games. Yeah, I I would have to play story mode and that would just be sad from what I've well, heard. Not really. So, okay, okay. Because here's here's the pro- here's the thing. And um, this is a 
this is the very different opinion that I had when we first met. Trust me. I uh, when I was like, oh, you got to play. No, you got to play the hard, get the hard mode on the games. You got to get them for the achievements. Dark Souls is real gaming. No, it's like play the way that you have fun with it makes you happy. Like that's fair. Who the hell is anyone else to tell you the proper way to play the game? Oh like if God. you're having fun with it, that's the way to do it. Connor. Don't, oh. don't, no. Don't give me this. Oh, I don't want to give this. This is not an emotional Connor. moment. This Connor, I might actually play Mass Effect. It's emotional. It's, uh, I feel so connected to you right now. Oh. oh okay, well, I think that's a good point for me to stop. <laughs> <laughs> right, right as we officially just start dunking on me again. Right, 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 right. Well, Connor, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Woo. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh my God, always. Um, actually, at this point, I have two last things I do with each one of my guests. Um, yeah, the first thing absolutely. is to, one, suggest you start your own podcast. You have an amazing mic. Uh, you're lovely to listen, talk to. Uh, I was going to ask because I've, uh, this is a actually a new mic. So I was wondering, how is it? Is it good? It's good. It's good. I like it. Your voice comes through clear. Um, uh, the only times I've had a little issue is uh, your internet has copped out like one or two times. Oh, that's um, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be on my side, though. Who knows? Um, but like otherwise very good i can hear you amazingly uh and i think that means you should Uh, you should start a podcast so i can listen to it well actually it's funny that you bring that up because i was i got this mic originally because i was not not podcasting i was interested in doing uh, audio narration and was gonna look into doing that oh my god can you do that so i can listen to you speak oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i need to hear your speaking anyway Uh, i will listen to everything if i actually get something that i will let you know what things that i will be voicing so if, oh I, if that ends up coming through, uh, you'll be someone, probably the second to know. I'm technically the first, but you'll be the second to know. I appreciate that. I, as long <laughs> as I'm in like the first 10, be sure to tell you'll me be before the, you're be done with it. Like, like don't be me and tell you about my podcast when it's the second to last episode. Yeah. Be sure, <laughs> <laughs> be sure to tell me a little earlier. All right. No, absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I, now I got to go back and listen to everyone else so I can see how everyone else fared on this podcast. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Um, well, if you're going to listen to at least one episode, I'll, I'll send the links to you, but definitely Perfect. listen to the Zot House Superlatives. Because there you get Lena, Wicca, and David. Oh, no. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. boy. Oh, I'm excited now. I'll send you that one. That one's really oh, yes, fun. Yes, please. Oh, good. Um, amazing. Awesome. Okay, I have one more question before I have yes. to wrap this up. Um, Connor, if you could be any kind of cookie, what kind of cookie would you be and why? Silence is not a um, No, I, I just had to. I had an answer, and then uh-huh. I just had to censor myself. I'm like, that's not a thing I should be. I, I shouldn't say that. That's fair. That's That's me all the time, honestly. Oh my gosh, um, that's a tough one. Um, that's fair. Because I got like a couple, Mm -hmm. a couple answers that I'm like, that that's that's the easy one. That's the one I should do. But mm. ah, okay, okay, I'm ready. I would be, I would be a snickerdoodle. Okay, but why? Uh, because everyone kind of is on the same page of it's, uh, but no one knows what it's in. No one knows what a snickerdoodle is. No one has I, any idea. No one has ever nobody, known the ingredients for a snickerdoodle. Nobody knows. Connor, nobody knows. I know, nobody I know knows. The, Connor, Not a I know single the, person in the universe Connor, know what consists of a snickerdoodle. At least no one knows. Connor. It's madness. I don't know how it got to the point where no one knows of this cookie. But this is the place we're living in. Everybody knows. Okay, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, also, you and Lena chose the same cookie. I want you to Oh, well, that. now I feel bad. Uh, can, can I say what my initial um what my initial one was? And if sure. it's not good, you can cut it out. Yeah, of course. I can always uh, edit. I'm uh, I was gonna I was gonna say peanut butter because it's a, it's just an extremely good cookie that is absolutely still capable of killing people. Oh, I mean like yeah, that <laughs> one's accurate also. <laughs> Keeping that in, amazing. That was amazing. that was my first that was the one I immediately was like, mm, shut, uh, mm. Mm, mm. Okay, yeah, no, that's hundred percent staying in. Well, <laughs> 
Amazing. Thank you for joining me. Um, to Thank everyone listening much. at home, always, always. Oh my gosh, if I was continuing this podcast, I'd be like, Connor, come back in like three weeks. It'd be great. But uh, this is the second to last episode. So uh, everybody, thank you all for listening. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, funny jokes, um, ideas for things that Connor should narrate that I can listen to, uh, message me at 52 underscore bit podcast on Twitter or 52 bit podcast at gmail.com. The 52 in both of those is numeric. And yeah, that's it this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, Connor, for telling me all about Mass Effect. I love you. You are very, very, very welcome. Amazing. Um, and that's it. Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a lovely weekend, and I'll talk to you all later. Bye.